It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors, First Pres Hastings, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings. And it's very... it's Christmas week. It's Christmas week. Kind of, depending on when you think that a week starts. Okay, same more. Well, if Sunday is the first day of the week, then Christmas week wouldn't actually start until... You know what I'm saying? Christmas is still in a different week than the one that we're currently in. If Sunday is the first day of the week and we're talking about Christmas Day and not Christmas Eve. Right. Although, colloquially here, Christmas Eve tends up to be our kind of big build-up. Sure, so but that's not Christmas. It's Christmas Eve week. Christmas Eve week, sure. But not Christmas week. It's not Christmas week. Christmas week will start on Sunday. This year. This year. And then 11 years from now. Oh, did you check the calendar? Mm-hmm. I have trouble tracking when things fall because of the whole leap year thing, so it doesn't... Yeah. It's a lot of math to figure that out, and Google's a much more efficient tool than a calculator in that case. Yeah, just keep clicking the buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's every 11, 6, 5, and 6 years. 11, 6, 5, and 6 years? Yep. Is when Christmas falls on a Sunday? Yep. Okay. Because I think this is the first. This yeah. is the first time that it's fallen on a Sunday since I've been here. This is my sixth Christmas season here. Yeah, and it's the first time that it's fallen. And I know there was one with Don Kennedy just before you started, because I've heard stories of it. What did he do? A similar kind of a thing to what we're doing. Kind of a breakfast mm-hmm. brunch type thing. Yeah. Well, there's nothing yeah. new under the sun. Every eleven, six, five, and six years. There it is. Yeah, we had. We've had a Christmas Eve fall on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up doing like an abbreviated Lessons and Carol service Sunday morning and then rolled into our whole Christmas Eve evening services after that. I remember that one. Yeah. Which I like. I think that's fun. I, I mean, sure. You know, it's all on the same day. Yeah. Just, you know. We should just, next time that happens, we should just have a big, just like potluck. In the middle? Yeah. Just uh, just spend the whole day there, everybody. So uh, there's a little yeah. bilingual multicultural church that I served in Austin, Texas when I was a seminary student there. Sure. Um, and on Easter morning, they would do their Easter sunrise service, mm-hmm. like in your jammies. And then they would serve breakfast. And then everyone would go home and put on their Easter finest. Yeah. And come, come back, back for Easter service. So it was kind of, a, and, then, and then I assume people went home to their families and had Easter dinner. But that was kind of a whole day experience. And it was delightful. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd do that. Yeah. The Monday check-in, for those who don't know, eventually we'll take a little, a little sneak kind of preview. Uh, we'll read some of the scripture, typically that we would use for the upcoming Sunday. Uh, this week is a little bit different, as we just discussed. So we're going to take a look at the scripture that we're going to use for Christmas Eve. and Which is little... Saturday, December 24th. Yep. 2022, mm-hmm. in the year of our Lord. Yep. And then we'll have a little discussion uh, about that. 
And then after that, we'll switch gears and talk about the life of the church. And we usually start with a word of prayer. And I'm quite positive that it's your turn to start. Then let's, uh, let's do that. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this opportunity to reflect on your word, particularly in this Advent and Christmas season. The word of, of the birth of your son, of you drawing near to us in the most intimate way possible by becoming one of us, O oh God. As we reflect on this familiar scripture and this familiar story, give us new ears to hear new things and how it might speak to us today and speak to our call to, uh, to serve you and to love one another. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Among the scriptures then that will be read Christmas Eve is this uh, bit from the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, This is chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. It reads something like this. We read some of this on this past Sunday morning. You, in fact, read some of this on this Mm -hmm. past Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. It reads something like this. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was, the first gen- this was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. I think we all knew that. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth let peace and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now. To Bethlehem, to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told about them. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Greg, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, I was reading a preaching commentary that said Christmas is one of the hardest services, or Christmas Eve is one of the hardest services to preach because it's so familiar. We mm-hmm. read the same story. Mm-hmm. People have heard it. And, uh, and not only that, we mix all the stories together. We do blend the stories together. Mm-hmm. The Luke account and the Matthew account kind of... Um, get equal billing sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and I know that I have, uh, I've preached a sermon specifically 
on uh, my first Christmas Sunday here. It was uh, who did God come for? And God came for all of us from the shepherds to the wise men. Mm-hmm. Looking at the spectrum of humanity that God came to earth for in the form of Jesus. And then I think I've preached uh, specifically on the shepherds. Uh, I've preached on the angel saying, do not be afraid. Because that's what he says, uh, not just to the shepherds, but he also says that to Mary and to Joseph when the angel appears to Joseph. Mm -hmm. I said he. I don't know that the angel is gendered. Uh, An angel of the Lord. An angel. She. I think in Luke, the angel is named Gabriel. So the angel that speaks to Mary is named Gabriel. The angel that speaks to Joseph is unnamed. And the angels that speak to the shepherds are also unnamed. Yeah. So uh, so I preached on that. Um, last, I preached, uh, when we did our driving Christmas Eve service, I preached on the little drummer boy. Yeah. Uh, last year, I preached on the fourth wise man. I read a book called The Fourth Wise Man. Mm-hmm. The guy who didn't quite make it to the birth of Jesus. Right. Uh, because he was too busy He's engaging busy. in acts of compassion and love yeah. and mercy. So Doing good deeds. Yeah. Uh, so I think I've exhausted all the themes there are to preach on Christmas Eve. And I will, um, <laughs> I will perhaps hand it off to you, Damon. What are you going to preach on Christmas Eve? <laughs> I'm not preaching on anything on Christmas Eve. Oh, um, okay. No, I have an idea of where I think this is going. But here's some things that I noticed. Okay. Um, part of this scripture we're also using on Christmas Day. Um, or I'm, yeah, that we're going to use during the Christmas Day service. Uh, things that I noticed included. Uh, I'm mostly like thinking about the shepherds on Christmas Day. And how they respond to the to the birth, right? Um, I'll get. I'm gonna come back to that first in this first paragraph, right? <laughs> no, not in that first paragraph. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. There's a decent chance there were like more than one kid wrapped in a band of cloth. But lying in a manger, do you think? Well, sure, maybe. But just the idea, like, really, this could be any kid. Hmm. Right? Okay. There's not, they're not really given a name. They're, right. It's, you, you find a child. And yes, there's a specific child in mind, I suppose. But also there's, there's some sort of sense of, in some ways, this could this could be any child hmm. being being born at this time, um, and maybe any child could be a sign of of peace and good tidings and and a desire to make the world right or better or whatever the case may be, right? Um, and for those who blend these stories together, they'd say, well, but the shepherds knew which manger to go to because there was a star shining over it. Mm-hmm. But it turns out the star does not make an appearance in this Luke passage. The shepherds were not guided by the star. Right. Yeah. And if, if there's no room in the inn for Mary and Joseph, 
I might assume that there's not room in the inn for plenty of other folks also who are coming back to town to be registered. Mm -hmm. So, and the inn, or not the inn, the manger then most likely is like, it's the spare room of the cousin's house where they might have brought animals in during the night to stay. So I'm going to guess that maybe there were lots of people staying in the spare room of their cousin's house um, when they went back to be registered, or whoever's, I don't know, this is a cousin or not, I don't know, but family member's house, right? So there's some sort of sense of, I don't know, it could have been any of those kids just kind of curled up under the table or wherever they were hmm. <laughs> while they were all back home for a little bit. This is a very interesting um, interpretation of this scripture. <laughs> yeah, these are things that I notice. Apparently there are n- new things to say about this scripture. I've, I have not covered all my bases in the last six or five years. Also, do they take the sheep with them? And if so, how, how hastefully do sheep move? Or do they, do they just leave them there and trust that they'll still be there when they return from this incredibly open-ended business that they're about to embark on. It does say they went with haste. Right. So if you're a shepherd and you're going to go with haste, are you, you put the what sheep are you doing back, with the sheep? Put the sheep back in the pen. And then just leave them. Right. They don't know how long they're going to be gone. Well, I don't know. They don't know how long it's going to take them to find this a child in the city of Bethlehem. Like there's a, there's some sort of sense of, I don't know, trust or, you know, I'm leaving town. I have to find somebody to like stop by and feed the cat and do a bunch of other stuff at the house. Mm-hmm. I guess they were, you know, what do they do with those sheep? It's a fair question. None of, which are things that I'm thinking about for preaching on Christmas Eve. And then what sorts of things, if they leave the sheep behind, uh-huh. then what sorts of things are we maybe willing to leave behind in order to go and to greet the Christ child? And so that sounds to me like the basis of your sermon on Christmas Day. I don't know, maybe. Okay. There probably won't really be, I don't know, a sermon. A sermon. sermon. I think a few weeks ago, you decided you were going to rewrite the lyrics to Happy Birthday. Yeah, we're not doing that. Not doing that. Mm -mm. Okay, well, I tried to help. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Christmas Eve... And then they go back. They go back, returning, glorifying, and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, to whom are the... They're just telling their sheep about it? The other shepherds? Anyone they meet along the way? Yeah. How many shepherds? As many as your imagination allows. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Those were things that I noticed. Hmm. I'm... I'm flying at a slightly higher elevation than you <laughs> in my interpretation of this passage. I appreciate your uh, your 
attention to detail and you're drilling down into these details, I think that is uh, interesting and important and um, certainly will provide for some good conversation on Christmas morning mm-hmm. and would provide for good sermon fodder on Christmas Eve too, I think. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where are you then? I'm uh, focusing on this idea that God has come to us in the flesh and the importance of these face-to-face meetings of, of being physically close, that God loved us so much that he wanted to be physically close. Like thinking about Christmas and people traveling during the holidays and how our church will be full of family members uh, of folks who have traveled to be here or or have traveled elsewhere to be with their family and, and how important it is for we humans to have actual face-to-face contact with each other, to understand, to express our love for each other and how we do that every, every Christmas we travel so that we can be closer to each other, closer to one another in physical proximity, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thinking about that somewhat in relation to, to COVID because two years ago, Christmas time, a lot of folks did not travel in and did not get a chance to see their families face to face because they were trying to keep them safe and healthy. Um, and, you know, we started doing um, these uh, Zoom, we call it happy hour, uh, where we would connect on Zoom or FaceTime with uh, with folks. In your family, you're saying? In my family, but actually also friends who we weren't able to see. So um, we have some great friends in the Pacific Northwest, and generally we go every summer to the Pacific Northwest, but the first summer of COVID, we couldn't. And we didn't get a chance to see them. And it was great to connect with them via Zoom and, and FaceTime and that sort of thing. But it, it's not the same. And so the next summer when we were able to finally get back up to the Pacific Northwest and actually see each other and, and hug each other. Um, and the same with the family. You know, Jessica went for over a year without seeing her dad in person because he was in the Pacific Northwest and, mm-hmm. and we were in Nebraska. And how much we value that face-to-face connection, that actual being able to embrace and and see one another and how this is, this is the the core of the incarnation of of God becoming flesh and dwelling among us in this sense that uh, God loves us that much because God knows humans need that, you know, God can and does throughout the old Testament make God's self known to humanity. God speaks to Moses through a burning bush. God speaks through the voice of the prophets. God speaks in the head of Noah and causes him to do wild things. Um, But for God to come down in the flesh as a human baby to be born is this ultimate act of, of love beyond, I think, anything that we can fully comprehend. You know, if we think about a similar religious thing that was happening, you know, the Greek gods and goddesses, right? They dwelled up on Mount Olympus and they may pop down 
as deities at some point, mm-hmm. but they, 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 they're, we have a God who has chosen to truly embrace human existence, to become that close to us. Um, yeah. Maybe sometimes they would disguise themselves as a human. Right. But they were never really human. Right. Which is the, you know, which is the difference. Yeah. Um, Jesus is human and is divine, right? Jesus is born. And I, and even the act of you know, wrapping a child in bands of cloth, right? there's, a, there's a physical connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I, I, whoever's doing the wrapping. Yeah, without getting too detailed, even a child being born. Yeah. Like the fact that God would come in the form of, of, of being born, you know. Um, and baby has to be fed, mm-hmm. has to be cleaned. Yep. Has to be nurtured, cared for, held, carried around. Right. And like, I mean, if we think about likely what infant mortality rates were back then, there was probably a risk in coming in as the form of a human baby of, of you know. Um, sure. And, and there's just, uh, I think there's a lot to unpack there, but I just, I was reflecting on it with respect to, you know, in our, in our modern age, we have Zoom or, or FaceTime, but that frankly is a poor substitute for actual human face-to-face interaction. Actually being able to hug your grandparents, actually being able to, to see someone, look someone in the eyes and, and tell them you love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this story is an act of God doing that. Rather than speaking through a burning bush or a pillar of fire or clouds. Sure. Right? This is God choosing to embrace this human existence in a way that we can fully understand how much we are loved. There is also in a in a Zoom interaction or a whatever... Um, in some ways I oftentimes feel that it's uh, it's a it's safer mm-hmm. in some ways um, less risky I guess I mean just because there is some sort of a filter some sort of a barrier some sort of distance yeah. between the two yeah. interacting right um, and that in some ways feels less risky, um, less exposed, I guess. Yeah. Sometimes. um, Which is why sometimes I actually, I prefer that Mm -hmm. (laughs) method of of communicating or connecting with someone. Um, There's more uh, ways out of the conversation or, you know, whatever it is than there are when you're with someone in person. Right. Face, you know, when you're physically present with someone. It just is, yeah, it's more intimate. It's more, And there's some sort of a risk involved. Yeah. Well, it's even like us doing this, right? Recording, sitting next to each other as opposed to recording mm-hmm. on Zoom when we're sitting in separate spaces. And there's also... Um, there's less distractions here, right? I, mm-hmm. When, yeah, 
you know, when, when we're on Zoom talking to each other, we can pull up another window on the browser or look at our phone. And, and we're not doing that here because we're devoting all of our attention to being physically present with each other to record this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the incarnation, Christ being born to earth, was God devoting all of God's attention to being physically present with humanity in a way that, um, yeah, was, was risky, was mm-hmm. intimate, um, and unfiltered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's exposing. Yeah. In a certain kind of a way, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking about, how that translates into a 10 to 12 minute message. I'm not sure yet. And how it translates into a message uh, that's geared more towards children. Uh, Our director of Christian education, Rose, and I have been talking about how we might do this um, with a little bit of theatrics and uh, so kids can understand the power of the incarnation. in a new way. So anyways, that's, that's kind of, that's where my mind's at with this. Yeah. Well, I think you'll figure it out. Well, I mean, it is my job. So one, one way or the other, <laughs> I'll figure it out for sure. So. Uh, so it'll preach, you think? I think it'll preach. Well then let's switch gears. All right. What's going on at First Press Hastings? Big week coming up. Big week. Starting with uh, Wednesday, December 21st, which is uh, winter solstice. It's the longest night of the year. And uh, we're doing a service that we call the the Blue Christmas Service, a chance for folks who uh, have a, are feeling loss, feeling grief, feeling heavy during this holiday season, um, a chance for them to kind of reflect on those feelings uh, because so much of the holiday season tends to be about joy, but for people who have lost a loved one or are experiencing some other loss, this is a chance to to inter- interact with those feelings in the context of, of the holiday season uh, in this Blue Christmas service. So there's uh, six pastors in town who are getting together. We're hosting it here at the First Presbyterian Church Sanctuary. It will also be live streamed on our church's Facebook page. So that's Wednesday night at 7 p.m., the Blue Christmas service. So that's... Uh, that's Wednesday the 21st, and then we roll into, well, we have no Wednesday night activities this week because Correct. it's, yeah. It's Christmas break. Yep. Uh, so then we roll into Saturday, December 24th, which is Christmas Eve, uh, where we will be doing four services. The first uh, is over at College View, one of our um, adult retirement communities, and we set up shop in the lobby of College View and do a Christmas Eve service there at 2 p.m. Some of our choir members show up and help lead the music. Linda, our pianist, shows up, or our organist, shows up and plays piano. My daughter Esther helps me with the liturgy, and we uh, we proclaim uh, the Christmas message to the residents and their families there. And then we come back here to the sanctuary. We have a family-oriented service at 5:30, which ends with uh, candlelight and singing of Silent Night. We have a more traditional Christmas Eve service at 7.30, which also ends with candlelight and singing Silent Night. Mm -hmm. And then tell us about the 11 o'clock Vespers service. We have a contemplative Vespers service at 11 o'clock that does not end 
uh, with the singing of Silent Night. <laughs> so just, you know, keep everybody on toes. It's this lovely little evening um, setting. It's called the um, Holden Evening Prayer. That's what it's called. Um, yeah, and just uh, we light the Advent candles. Um, we light our own. We'll probably light. Each each person gets their own candle. We did last year. I think that's. I think we do that. It'll all come back to me by Saturday. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, it's just a. It's a lovely, simple musical setting. Piano, guitar, flute, a couple of voices to help lead the singing, and yeah, it's just a really. Beautiful way to end a, a Christmas Eve. Um, so, yeah, that's that service. And then the next day is Sunday. It's Christmas Day. We will not have 8.30 service on that morning. We'll have a 10.30 worship, fellowship, brunch gathering in the fellowship hall. So, and we'll have, uh, we've got some folks bringing in some egg bakes. We've got some folks... Uh, organizing a waffle bar of sorts. We'll gather around tables, we'll sing hymns, we'll do prayer, we'll read scripture, uh, we'll fellowship with one another, um, we'll assent once more to the things that we believe and uh, and celebrate Christmas Day um, in the fellowship hall around tables. That sounds delightful. Should be good. Uh, the following week, between Christmas and New Year's, the church office will be closed uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, and then it'll be open again on Thursday and Friday. If you need anything, you can stop by. There should be someone here Thursday and Friday of that week. And then we'll have uh, the following Sunday, happens to fall on New Year's Day, January 1st. There will be no 8.30 service, no Sunday school hour, but there will be a 10.30 service back here in the sanctuary uh, where it will be delightful. And then we roll into the new year and things fire back up yep uh before the new year ends you still have time if you've been collecting things for the reverse advent devotion for the reverse advent calendar and the advent devotional this year there's still time to bring those things in uh you could bring them in christmas eve you can bring them in during the week really at any time you could bring them in christmas morning if you're planning to come that morning as well those will get distributed early in the new calendar year. So if you have those things, do please please bring them in as, as quick as you can. And then January 8th, um, Sunday School resumes January 8th, and that includes our adult ed, our forum is what we call it. And our forum in the new year is going to start off with a three-part series exploring, investigating, taking a look at non-lectionary readings so we are calling it the things we don't read that's what i'm that's what i'm calling it at least and that's gonna be led by three weeks three different people greg you're doing the first week uh our scholar in residence dan deffenbaugh is doing the second week and then hastings college chaplain and director of service learning i think that's her official title yep. uh doodle harris uh, is going to lead the the third week of that so that, It'll be an interesting opportunity to take a look at some passages that don't we don't really spend a lot of time with on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Might even lead to me preaching a sermon on the book of Chronicles. Ooh. Not sure if it's first or second Chronicles yet, but we'll see. It's nothing but clocks and calendars, Chronicles. Chronicles.
Not the one of Narnia, though that's a good one too. Yeah. Is that it then? I think that's it. Uh, you want to close us with some prayer? Let's do it. Loving and gracious God, as we move towards Christmas Eve and as we move towards Christmas Day, help us to be aware of your presence. Help us to recognize, to acknowledge, help us to not walk past the small ways, the large ways that you are present in our lives. Help us, O oh God, to, to approach anew, to approach with open eyes and open hearts and fresh minds this manger and this child that is fully human and fully divine and help us to embrace what it might mean um, for you to desire such intimacy, uh, for you to desire to be known so closely uh, by us and us by you. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, then with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.